Well, let me start off by telling you how very excited I am to be assigned as your new parochial vicar. There are so many reasons why this particular assignment fills me with joy, but to start, I'm going to give you the top three. Number three, the Diocese of Richmond covers almost 37,000 square miles of Virginia. I am so pleased that Bishop Nestout has deigned to assign me only 22 and a half miles away from my family. <laughs> I am from Virginia Beach, born and raised, the second son of two boys, raised by wonderful parents who still reside there. My parents are both in their early 70s, and my father recently has had to move into an assisted living community uh, at Marion Manor because of the increased needs of living due to Parkinson's disease in its advanced stages. So it's very nice to be close to them. Reason number two, to be assigned under Monsignor Barrett is truly an honor. Now, you might think at this point I am just sucking up to my new boss <laughs> and trying to placate him with sweet-sounding words. Did I mention how handsome he looks today? But I have actually known the good Monsignor since about 2003, and I have always respected his spiritual acumen. I even asked him once in seminary to be my spiritual director, but he had to inform me that since he is a vicar for our diocese that sits on the vocations board that votes whether or not we get ordained, that would be a conflict of interest. <laughs> so it is wonderful to be assigned to learn from him as he keeps saying for two years. <laughs> From his lips to God's ears, we don't know. <laughs> so reason number three was good, reason number two was even better, and now let me give you reason number one why I am excited to be here and serve as your parochial vicar. After six years of formation in seminary, six years of hard academic toil, I am finally a priest of Jesus Christ, and I look forward to... <laughs> and I look forward to serving you in that office. Every single day since my ordination has been better than the day before, and they total, as of this morning, 30 days, so. <laughs> but I absolutely love being a priest. It was absolutely worth the six-year struggle that I endured. If every man could feel what it's like to be a priest for just 24 hours, we would have to convince men that marriage is also a worthy vocation. <laughs> My absolute favorite thing about being a priest is saying Mass, hands down. It is truly an otherworldly experience. It is the best thing that I could ever do with my life. But a close second to that is hearing confessions, and I will tell you why. When someone comes to me who is truly penitent, and they are seeking the mercy, forgiveness, healing, and love contained within the sacrament, there is a moment every single time where you can hear or see them drop whatever burden they carried in, and they receive mercy and forgiveness. They have an epiphany of grace, and they carry that with them as they leave. Being part of that change in people's lives 
is addictive. I want to help dispense that grace into anyone's life that I can. So therefore, I hear confessions as often as I can. In my short time of being a priest, without breaking the seal of confession, I can tell you that I have heard very first confessions of all ages. I have heard confessions of people who have been away from the church for a few months or a few years, even one that was away from the church for 20 years. I have heard confessions that have made me cry, not because of the sins confessed, because sin is all boring, it's all the same, but because of the absolute beauty of that moment when the person receives grace and walks away a new person. In my former life, before seminary, I was a critical care flight paramedic. Through medical science and God's will, on many occasions I have brought dead people back to life. That is an experience and a feeling that not too many people in the world get. It fills you with such endorphins and a feeling of success like you have actually made a difference in someone's life. Let me tell you, Watching someone's life get changed by the sacrament of reconciliation is a feeling 100 times better than bringing someone back from the dead. No matter how good I was as a paramedic, and I was good, whoever, whoever I brought back from the dead has or will die again. But those people whom I help walk out of the graves of sin during the sacrament of confession are preparing to live forever in heaven. And that is what this weekend is all about. Paul tells us in the second reading, For freedom, Christ has set you free. So stand firm and do not submit to the yoke of slavery again. We hear this battle cry, and he exhorts us to break with our former way of life and to find new life in Christ Jesus. He tells us to claim the freedom that we have found in Jesus because of our baptism. Paul understood or understands that if we are truly being redeemed by Christ, then our life should be drastically different than what it was before Christ. In the first reading, we have Elisha, who receives the cloak from Elijah. He immediately breaks the yoke of the oxen and slaughters them in the field that he is working and offers them as a holocaust to the Lord. This signifies that not only is he done with his former way of life, but he has absolutely obliterated it so that he couldn't go back to it even if he wanted to. This is how drastic our commitment to the Lord should be. We need to be willing to forsake everything and amend our lives in ways that make it hard to go back to those sins. In the gospel, Jesus has a few different people come up to him and ask to follow him. And he responds with challenges to each one. But finally, Jesus says, No one who has set their hand to the plow and then looks to what he left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. He means that we cannot follow him and also pine for a former way of life. We cannot have a favorite sin that we still like to commit. We cannot love the things of Satan and also the things of God at the same time which is why the Lord gives us a chance to start over continually. He knows that we are weak, and so he allows us to be strengthened in the grace of the confessional. 
St. John the Apostle knew this as well back in the time of Christ. And so he says in 1 John chapter 1, 8 through 10, If we say that we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive our sins. At this point, let me give you two words of assurance about confession. We who are priests do not get together and talk about the sins that we have heard in the confessional. First of all, if we do, we are immediately excommunicated. And as I've already said, I love being a priest, and so does every priest that I know. So we never do anything that would risk losing the ability to be a priest. Secondly, in the confessions I've heard in the last month, I don't remember a single sin that I have heard. But I will tell you what I do remember. I remember the sound of people's voices when they laugh again. I remember hearing them cry out of joy. I remember getting to beam like a proud parent when I can tell them and mean it, go in peace. I remember the sound of them wiping away their tears as they hear the prayer of absolution prayed over them, and they are welcomed fully back into communion with God, with the church, and with all of humanity. I remember the sound of them leaving with a renewed hope that, yes, life can be difficult, but it can also be better now. If you don't think that some area of your life could be just a little bit better because of Jesus, then you are wasting your time here this morning. After all, just being in this church is an admonition that you need healing in some area of your life. Jesus tells his disciples, I have not come to call the righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. Brothers and sisters, I am overjoyed to be assigned to this parish, and I look forward to however many years the bishop would like to keep me here. For whatever duration I am here, please know that if you contact me or come to me, I will make every attempt possible to dispense that healing grace in your life through the sacrament of confession as soon as I possibly can. Because remember, for freedom Christ has set you free. So stand firm and do not submit to the yoke of slavery again. But if you find that you may have messed that up and are in need of a clean slate, come find Monsignor or myself.